Chapters twenty two to twenty seven, Book one, Volume one of Le Mordateur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tim Bulkley of BigBible.org. Le Mordateur, Volume one by Sir Thomas Mallory. Book one, Chapters twenty two to twenty seven. Chapter Twenty Two. How Griflet was made a knight and jousted with a knight. Thou art full young and tender of age, said Arthur, for to take so high an order on thee, sir. Said Griflet, I beseech you, make me knight. Sir, said Merlin, it were great pity to lose Griflet, for he will be a passing good man when he is of age, abiding with you the term of his life and if he adventure his body with yonder knight at the fountain it is in great peril if he ever come again for he is one of the best knights of the world and the strongest man of arms well said arthur so at the desire of griflet the king made him knight now said arthur unto sir griflet sith i have made you knight thou must give me a gift what will ye said griflet Thou shalt promise me by the faith of thy body, when thou hast jousted with the knight at the fountain, whether it fall ye be on foot or on horseback, that right so shall ye come again unto me without making any more debate. I will promise you, said Griflet, as you desire. Then took Griflet his horse in great haste, and dressed his shield and took a spear in his hand. So he rode a great wallop, till he came to the fountain and thereby he saw a rich pavilion, and thereby, under a cloth, stood a fair horse well saddled and bridled, and on a tree a shield of diverse colours, and a great spear. Then Griflet smote on the shield with the butt of his spear, and that shield fell down to the ground. With that the knight came out of the pavilion, and said, Fair knight, why smote ye down my shield? For I will joust with you, said Griflet. It is better ye do not, said the knight, for ye are but young, and late made knight, and your might is nothing to mine. As for that, said Griffith, I will joust with you. That is me loath, said the knight, but sith I must needs, I will dress me thereto. Of whence be ye, said the knight, sir, I am of Arthur's court. So the two knights ran together, that Griffith's spear all to shivered and therewithal he smote Griflet through the shield and the left side, and brake the spear, that the truncheon stuck in his body, that horse and knight fell down. Chapter 23 How twelve knights came from Rome, and asked Truage for this land of Arthur, and how Arthur fought with a knight. When the knight saw him lie so on the ground, he alighted, and was passing heavy, for he weened he had slain him. Then he unlaced his helm, and gat him wind, and so with the truncheon he set him on his horse, and so betook him to God, and said he had a mighty heart, and that if he might live he would prove a passing good knight. So Sir Griflet rode to the court, where great dole was made for him, but through good leeches he was healed and saved. Right so came into the court twelve knights, and were aged men. They came from the Emperor of Rome, and they asked of Arthur Truage for this realm, 
other else the emperor would destroy him and his land well said king arthur ye are messengers therefore ye may say what ye will other else ye should die therefore but this is mine answer i owe the emperor no truage nor none will i hold him but on a fair field i shall give him my truage that shall be with a sharp spear or else with a sharp sword and that shall not be long by my father's soul arthur pendragon and therewith the messengers departed passingly wroth and king arthur was wroth for in evil time came they then for the king was passingly wroth for the hurt of sir griflet and so he commanded a privy man of his chamber that or it be day his best horse and armour with all that longeth un unto his person be without the city or to-morrow day right so or to-morrow day he met with his man and his horse and so mounted up and dressed his shield and took his spear and bade his chamberlain tarry there till he came again so arthur rode a soft pace till it was day and then he was ware of three churls chasing merlin and would have slain him then the king rode unto them and bade them flee churls then were they afeard when they saw a knight and fled o merlin said arthur here hadst thou been slain for all thy crafts had i not been nay said merlin not so for i could save myself and i would and thou art more near thy death than i am for thou goest to the deathward and be god not thy friend so as they went thus talking they came to the fountain and the rich pavilion there by it then king arthur was where where sat a knight armed in a chair sir knight said arthur for what cause abidest thou here that there may no knight ride this way but if he joust with thee said the king i read thee leave that custom said arthur this custom said the knight i have used and i will use maugre who saith nay and who is grieved with my custom let him amend it that will i will amend it said arthur i shall defend thee said the knight anon he took his horse and dressed his shield and took a spear and they met so hard either in others shields that all to shivered their spears therewith anon arthur pulled out his sword nay not so said the knight it is fairer said the knight that we twain run more together with sharp spears i will well said arthur and i had any more spears i have enow said the knight so there came a squire and brought two good spears and arthur chose one and he another so they spurred their horses and came together with all their mights that either break their spears to their hands then arthur set hand on his sword nay said the knight ye shall do better ye are a passing good jouster as ever i met withal and once for the love of the high order of knighthood let us joust once again i assent me said arthur anon they were brought two great spears and every knight gat a spear and therewith they ran together that arthur's spear all to shivered but the other knight hit him so hard in the midst of the shield that horse and man fell to the earth and therewith arthur was eager and pulled out his sword and said i will assay thee sir knight on foot for i have lost the honour on horseback i will be on horseback said the knight then was arthur wroth and he dressed his shield toward him with his sword drawn when the knight saw that he alighted for him thought no worship to have a knight at such avail 
he to be on horseback and he on foot and so he alighted and dressed his shield unto arthur and there began a long battle with many great strokes and so hewed with their swords that cantles flew in the fields and much blood they bled both that all the place there as they fought was overbled with blood and thus they fought long and rested them and then they went to battle again and so hurtled together like two rams that either fell to the earth so at last they smote together that both their swords met even together but the sword of the knight smote king arthur's sword in two pieces wherefore he was heavy then said the knight unto arthur thou art my downger whether me list to save thee or slay thee and but thou yield thee to overcome and recreant thou shalt die as for death said king arthur welcome be it when it cometh but to yield me unto thee as recreant i had liefer die than to be so shamed and therewithal the king leapt unto pellinore and took him by the middle and threw him down and raced off his helm when the knight felt that he was a dread for he was a passing big man of might and anon he thought arthur under him and raced off his helm and would have smitten off his head chapter twenty four how merlin saved arthur's life and threw an enchantment on king pellinore and made him sleep therewithal came merlin and said knight hold thy hand for an thou slayest that knight that puttest this realm in greatest damage that ever was realm for this knight is a man of more worship than thou wottest of why who is he said the knight it is king arthur then he would have slain him for dread of his wrath and heaved up his sword and therewith merlin cast an enchantment to the knight that he fell to the earth in a great sleep then merlin took up king arthur and rode forth on the knight's horse alas said arthur what hast thou done merlin hast thou slain this good knight by thy crafts there liveth not so worshipful a knight as he was i had liefer than the stint of my land for a year that he was alive care ye not said merlin for he is holer than ye for he is but asleep and will awake within three hours i told you said merlin that a knight he was here had ye been slain had i not been also there liveth not a bigger knight than he is one and he shall hereafter do you right good service and his name is pellinore and he shall have two sons that shall be passing good men save one they shall have no fellow of prowess and of good living and their name shall be percival of wales and lamorake of wales and he shall tell you the name of your own son begotten of your sister that shall be the destruction of all this realm chapter twenty five how arthur by mean of merlin gat excalibur his sword of the lady of the lake right so the king and he departed and went unto an hermit that was a good man and a great leech so the hermit searched all his wounds and gave him good salves so the king was there three days and then his wounds were all amended so that he might ride and go and so departed and as they rode arthur said i have no sword no force said merlin hereby is a sword that shall be yours and i may so they rode till they came to a lake the which was a fair water and broad in the midst of the lake arthur was ware of an arm clothed in white samite that held a fair sword in that hand 
Lo, said Merlin, yonder is that sword that I spake of. With that they saw a damosel going upon the lake. What damosel is that? said Arthur. That is the lady of the lake, said Merlin, and within that lake is a rock, and therein is as fair a place as any on earth, and richly beseen. And this damosel will come to you anon, and then speak ye fair to her, that she will give you that sword. Anon withal came the damosel unto Arthur, and saluted him, and he her again. Damosel, said Arthur, what sword is that, that yonder arm holdeth above the water? I would it were mine, for I have no sword. Sir Arthur, King, said the damosel, that sword is mine, and if ye will give me a gift when I ask it you, ye shall have it. By my faith, said Arthur, I will give ye what gift ye will ask. Well, said the damosel, go ye into yonder barge, and row yourself to the sword, and take it and the scabbard with you, and I will ask my gift when I see my time. So Sir Arthur and Merlin alighted, and tied their horses to two trees. And so they went into the ship, and when they came to the sword that the hand held, Sir Arthur took it up by the handles, and took it with him, and the arm and the hand went under the water. And so they came under the land and rode forth. And then Sir Arthur saw a rich pavilion. What signifieth yonder pavilion? It is the knight's pavilion, said Merlin, that ye fought with last, Sir Pellinore. But he is out, he is not there. He hath ado with the knight of yours, that hight Eglame, that they have foughten together. But at the last Eglame fled, and else he had been dead. And he hath chased him even to Carleon, and we shall meet with him anon in the highway. That is well said, said Arthur. Now I have a sword, now I will wage battle with him, and be avenged on him. Sir, you shall not so, said Merlin, for the knight is weary of fighting and chasing, so that ye have no worship to have ado with him. Also he will not be lightly matched of one knight living, and therefore it is my counsel, let him pass. For he shall do you good service in short time, and his sons after his days. Also ye shall see that day in short space, you shall be right glad to give him your sister to wed. When I see him, I will do as ye advise, said Arthur. Then Sir Arthur looked on the sword, and liked it passing well. Whether liketh you better, said Merlin, the sword or the scabbard? Me liketh better the sword, said Arthur. Ye are more unwise, said Merlin, for the scabbard is worth ten of the swords. For whiles ye have the scabbard upon you, ye shall never lose no blood, nor be ye never so sore wounded. Therefore keep well the scabbard always with you. So they rode unto Carleon. And by the way they met with Sir Pellinore, but Merlin had done such a craft that Pellinore saw not Arthur, and he passed by without any words. I marvel, said Arthur, that the knight would not speak. Sir, said Merlin, he saw you not, for an he had seen you, ye had not lightly departed. So they came unto Carleon, whereof his knights were passing glad. And when they heard of his adventures, they marvelled that he would jeopard his person so alone. But all men of worship said it was merry to be under such a chieftain, that would put his person in adventure as other poor knights did. Chapter 26 How tidings came to Arthur that King Rience had overcome eleven kings, and how he desired Arthur's beard to trim his mantle. This meanwhile, 
came a messenger from King Rience of North Wales, and king he was of all Ireland and of many isles. And this was his message. Greeting well King Arthur in its manner wise, saying that King Rience had discomfited and overcome eleven kings, and everych of them did him homage, and that was this. They gave him their beards clean flayed off, as much as there was. Wherefore the messenger came for King Arthur's beard, for King Rience had purfled a mantle with king's beards, and there lacked one place of the mantle. Wherefore he sent for his beard, or else he would enter into his lands and burn and slay, and never leave till he have the head and the beard. Well, said Arthur, thou hast said thy message, the which is the most villainous and lewdest message that ever man heard sent unto a king. Also thou mayest see my beard is full young yet, to make a purfle of it. But tell thou thy king this, I owe him none homage, nor none of mine elders, but, or it be long to, he shall do me homage on both his knees, or else he shall lose his head by the faith of my body. For this is the most shamefullest message that ever I heard speak of. I have espied thy king, met never yet with worshipful man. But tell him, I will have his head without he do me homage. Then the messenger departed. Now is there any here, said Arthur, that knoweth King Rience? Then answered a knight that hight Naram. Sir, I know the king well. He is a passing good man of his body, as few be living, and a passing proud man. And, sir, I doubt ye not, he will make war on you with a mighty puissance. Well, said Arthur, I shall ordain for him in short time. Chapter 27 How all the children were sent for that were born on May Day, and how Mordred was saved. Then King Arthur let send for all the children born on May Day, begotten of lords and born of ladies. For Merlin told King Arthur, that he that should destroy him should be born on May Day. Wherefore he sent for them all, upon pain of death. And so there were found many lords' sons, and all were sent unto the king. And so was Mordred sent by King Lot's wife. And all were put in a ship to the sea, and some were four weeks old, and some less. And so, by fortune, the ship drave unto a castle, and was all to riven and destroyed it the most part, save that Mordred was cast up, and a good man found him, and nourished him, till he was fourteen years old, and then he brought him to the court, as it rehearsed afterward, towards the end of the death of King Arthur. So many lords and barons of this realm were displeased, for their children were so lost, and many put the white on Merlin, more than on Arthur, so that for dread and for love they held their peace. But when the messenger came to King Rience, then was he wood out of measure, and pervade him for a great host, as it rehearsed after in the book of Balin le Savage, that followed next after. How by adventure Balin gat the sword. Explicit liber primus, insipit liber secundus, End of Book 1, Chapters 22 to 27 Read by Tim Bulkley of BigBible.org